You are listening to We Are Still Hungry with Paula D. Atkinson and Amy S. Bridges. Hello! Hello! Hi, guys! Hello! Welcome to We Are Still Hungry. I am Paula D. Atkinson. I am Amy S. Bridges. This is episode 123. I think we uh, we were having some sound issues last time. Yes. So, and I have to apologize to everyone. I was under the impression, um, based on conversations between... The, uh, my co-host and my producer, that we were going to not post that one, and I was incorrect. <laughs> I was like, is Amy ever going to post this episode? <laughs> <laughs> so that is my B. I'm going to go ahead and post that one tonight. Great. And you're going to get this one four days later. So apologies. Right. It's fine. What you just listened to is from a very long time ago, and this one was recorded five days ago. So. Yeah. Well, the whole world's upside down, so it's fine. I'm drinking an um, adult beverage, Paula. I am too. I'm having a white wine spritzer. I'm having a um, vodka soda. And oh. by soda, I mean what I made with my soda stream. Yes. That's still soda. It's still soda. It's not not soda. Right. And then I put a little of the berry syrup in it that's supposed to make your soda taste like a LaCroix. Wow. And it's delicious, but mom made this one a little heavy handed. Oh, it made it a little strong, did you? So this one, this episode might get... It could either, it's going to go one or two ways and we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Um, Carlo has been making us cocktails, um, you know, since he's unemployed, since he's a house husband now. Yeah. Well, he is a, he is a mixologist. (laughs) He would be so mad if we called him that, but yes, uh, he made, he's been making margaritas. Oh, Um, I love a margarita. A really good, he makes really good margaritas. And I will say this, not to, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I didn't like margaritas for a very long time. Uh huh. And I narrowed it down finally. The reason I identified the reason why I don't like margaritas is because of one ingredient, which is roses lime syrup, which Ooh. is most people like make a margarita with. No. Um, but you have to make it with fresh squeezed lime juice. And then that motherfucker is delicious. And um, as my life partner makes it with um, agave syrup, also Ooh, yes, delicious. Because that's where the sweetness comes from. If you make it with that roses, lime shit is nasty. It was so nasty. You gotta have you gotta have lime, obviously, for the the tartness of it. Sure. But you know, Clyde's where I worked for many many years. Their standard margarita recipe includes OJ. Really, a little splash of OJ just simply for the sweetness to it. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Carlo made us some, some Pisco Sours because he brought home Pisco for some reason. Sure. From the restaurant. And that was good. Okay. I've not, I don't think I've had a Pisco Sour. It's a lot of lime juice and some egg white for the froth. I like a froth. Mmm. You like a froth. How are you doing, Amy? Oh, well, it's not great, Paula. <laughs> okay. It's not great. Actually, um, I feel like I finally hit my stride. This is the okay. end of week number five. Yeah. Um, and I've finally learned. I, well, let me clarify. I hit my pride. I hit my stride professionally. Oh, okay. Good. I have not hit my stride personally. Okay. 
It's a give and take. Yeah, but I finally feel like now I am able to concentrate on the things that I need to concentrate on. I don't feel completely overwhelmed, like I'm dropping balls and missing deadlines and things like that. Um, I feel really, I feel a lot better now. And I don't know what was the shift, but um, I really feel that way. Now, personally, I think things are also okay. Okay. I had a little backslide with the uh, condition of my home. Mm. No, uh, have a tendency when I get depressed to not really care about how my house looks. And then therefore, and then it just sort of builds on itself. Cause then I'm like, Oh, I have a messy house. My life is disgusting as opposed to right care of it. And then re- remembering how much nicer it is to live in a, a very clean, um, not even very clean, but like a, um, just, not chaos. Yeah. Just how much of, of a, uh, a positive effect, uh, a, a, a lovely home environment can make on your mental health. So totally, as we have said, and as you have continued to say over and over for the past couple of weeks is that, um, you don't have to be making progress. Nope. In every yeah. area of your life. And if you slide back a little bit on some of the things, that's yeah. fine. So um, we are all regressing right now. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you feel like I'm giving myself permission to just not even get, it's not even a fucking big deal. Like, great. So I, so I need to, so I have two bags of garbage stand by the door instead of taking them down. Who fucking cares? Are you surviving a pandemic? <laughs> In fact, I am. Well then that yeah. is what that's on, the only thing we need to be doing right now is surviving. So yeah. you're doing that. Yeah. And I'm not losing my job, which is also great. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't have even joked about it because a lot of people are losing their job, but um, I just mean that I'm, I am thri- not thriving at work, but things are getting better there. So if things Good. take a little backseat in my personal life, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, we can't, it's all, again, everything's upside down. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. It's yeah. all insane. And um, if you regress, but you're kind to yourself about it, then that's all that matters. And, and that's still progress. It is progress. And again, we are all regressing right now. Nobody yeah. is the, their most mentally healthy <laughs> self-actualized no one is that sure, sure. Yeah. yeah um what i would like to say though just i think one thing that would definitely help my mental health yeah is for businesses all over the world stop sending me email with the phrase in these uncertainties <laughs> <laughs> totally i don't care what you're doing td bank i don't care no, I mean, teeny bank, go ahead, send me an email. Sure. I mean, I, I, I do, uh, I do email for a living. So sure. edit, you're trying to like engage your customers. And I'm not mad at that. Uh, specifically though, I need you to stop using the phrase in these uncertain times. times. I, That's what I really cannot stand anymore. I got it. Because now it's a throwaway phrase, like thoughts and prayers. Totally. And it's not wrong. They are, the times no. are uncertain, but I don't need old Navy to say that to me. Yeah. But they're actually less uncertain than we think. Like, we all know what's happening. Like, sure. eventually we're going to, like, there's going to be a bunch of people die. Eventually we're going to get a, 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 a vaccine. Yeah. You know, flatten the curve or whatever the fuck the scientists say to do. And then we're going to, and then life's going to be back to quote unquote normal. Well, it's going to be a new normal. This is yeah. not norm. This is not the new normal. No, this is, is not the new normal. normal. Yeah. Yeah. This is not, this is not the new normal. We are not going to be in quarantine for the rest of our natural lives. We don't know what normal will look like when we're no longer in quarantine. And that, right. that is scary. And um, people don't, 
our little brains don't do well with not knowing. We don't like not knowing answers and our, our little brains don't like uncertainty. Um, yeah. and some of us more, some of us more than others. Other people, <laughs> right. some people, Paula is a little bit more content living in the, whatever happens, I'll be fine. <laughs> and some of us, <clears throat> me, would really prefer Virgos. all the answers and everything that will happen to me between now and the day that I die. That would be- <laughs> totally. A plan There's please. actually a beautiful Indigo Girls lyric from a song. I can't think of the name of it right now, but, um, it goes, uh, you told me the one thing, the one gift I would adore would be the package of the next 10 years unfolding. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I think about that all the time. I'm like, oh, that would be like such a good gift. Like, here's everything that happens so you don't have to stress, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Amazing. Last episode, we talked about all the things that we're just gonna, we're just gonna let go of, you know? Yeah, let go of it. Um, but this time we're gonna talk about things that we're just gonna go for. Just go, fucking go for yeah. it. This segment's called Go Ham if you wanna. Which is not something I'm used to saying. Go ham. That must be a Southern thing. Uh, I think it's a Matt Marks thing, but I do enjoy it. I like it. Okay. Go ham. Just go ham. Yeah. Tell me. Okay. So number one on my go ham list is you are fully able and should, and I encourage you to turn down a Zoom meeting if you do not want to attend or a Zoom happy hour, not a work meeting. Don't say, um, sorry, Joe, I'm not able to join this work meeting because this podcaster I listened to told me that I'll have to go. <laughs> Probs not. No, but if your sorority sisters that you haven't seen in 20 years want to do an every Saturday night uh, Zoom happy hour, you don't have to. You can join once a month. No. Every three weeks. No, yeah. Like I told you, I had a friend who's like, hey, you want to FaceTime? And I'm like, no. <laughs> We've never FaceTimed. I don't want to FaceTime now. I'll talk to you on the phone, but I'm not, I don't want to FaceTime. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, like you and me, uh, so many of us are on screens all day long. Um, I don't need yeah. more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it can, I feel like being on screen with someone can make it feel, even if they're super close friends of yours, can make it feel very forced. Like, it, like I don't think conversation flows as naturally. One, because- you're struggling with technology because then it's like, oh, did you hear what? But, but oh, oh, you broke up a little bit. And it's like, well, fuck, I wouldn't say anything important anyway. So, like, whatever. I hate it. I hate it. But Matt and Patrick and I have been watching television together. I like that. <laughs> and that's actually some of the book, the, some of the best time. Um, because then there's not really any pressure for conversation. You just like are in the same room with someone, even though they live on the other side of town. Yeah. Me and Carlo and Josh and Hoja watched um, uh, Muriel's Wedding together. <laughs> I love it. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So that part's great. But again, like if you don't, if you don't, and, uh, and furthermore, we were, there was the, we watched Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of New York together. This week was Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere. So we tried to do it two nights in a row. That's mine. That's my fave. So Matt was like, Matt was like, do you really want to do the hangout? Or, and I was like, no, I don't want to do it. It's too many. Like it's too much hanging out. It's a lot. It's a very odd feeling for someone who is living alone and I'm desperately lonely and I'm, you know, can't wait for human connection anymore and I can't wait to like touch people and hug people. But, um, so it feels a little disingenuous or ironic or whatever the right word is to say, I would, I'm desperate for communication and connectedness and yet I would like to not connect with you. (laughs) Well, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's, uh, it's different. It's better than nothing, but it's not ideal. And sometimes it feels like more trouble than it's worth. And sometimes it feels like precisely what I need. It's all of those things. Yeah. 
Totally, yeah. totally. So yeah, so that's your number one, go ham. Just turn that, turn that meeting down if you don't want it. I love it. Um, my number one, uh, my number one go ham is Cadbury mini eggs. <laughs> I bought some, um, uh, from CVS the other day and have you, ha have you, have you ever had a Cadbury mini egg? <laughs> now, is this the one with the, a mini egg does not, isn't the one that you crack open and have the goo inside, is it? It's not the goo. It's just okay. the milkiest milk chocolatey milk chocolate that you've ever milk chocolated and with the like little candy shell. So it's like, it's like if, uh, if M&M's was like blessed, egg shaped. egg shaped, but like, and blessed with the most delicious milk chocolate in the middle. They are so fucking good. Okay. I've got to get one then. Yeah. Go ham on those. I think I have had that. Here's something I would just be vulnerable for a moment and share it with you. Okay. Uh, when I was last at the grocery store, I did go to the Easter candy section. Yeah. And I got a bag of um, Reese's peanut butter cups. Totally. I think it was a bad batch. Oh. It made me very sad on the Oh. So I think I deserve to have some Cadbury mini eggs to make myself feel better. Get, get, get yourself some. All right. Good tip. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I would like to say, I can't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth, but I'll do it anyway. If you want to go crazy <laughs> and do something crazy to your hair, go ahead. Now's the time. Now is the time. Agreed. A tutorial on cutting your own bangs. What do you have to lose? It's true. It's true. You're never ever going to live. You're never going to be in a situation like this. And God forbid, I'm knocking on wood where you don't have to see people. So if you fuck it up, it's not going to really matter that much. Do it. My hair is so long right now. And so I told Carlo, I was like, what if I, what if I bleach the ends and then dye, you know, cause I've always wanted Rihanna red, but you'd have to bleach my hair to make it Rihanna red. Oh no. So if I just bleach the ends and then just dye the ends Rihanna red, and then I'm going to chop them off as soon as we get out of quarantine. Do it. I think I'm going to do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Why not? Yeah. Totally. My uh, friend Rebby sent a picture today. She's, she is a, uh, a white lady with brown hair like I am who gets her hair bleached like I do or like, you know, as my mom in the South would say, straight. Straight. Highlights. Yeah, but she just gets herself some blonde highlights or a balayage. I'm not quite sure what, exactly what her routine is, but she dyed it solid color brown. It looks gorgeous on her. Great. Yeah, you know um, what is, uh, if you try to order on Amazon and it won't be here until June 15th, home hair dye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. And I bet those Madison Reed people who, um, <laughs> I bet they're really living, living the life these days. Uh, my go ham is plants. Go get yourself some plants. Yes. I've been talking about this, but I haven't done it yet. I don't really have a, a, a shelf in my apartment that is the best place to lay out the plants. Oh, I have so many plants right now. And then there's this thing called the sill and they're out of New York and you can sign up for the plant of the month club. I yeah. Sign up for that. I got right. look, at, look at my beautiful dahlias right there. Amy can see so my dahlias. Yeah. Get yourself some plants. But you um, also have a lot of little babies all over your apartment, which I love. I do. I have a lot of little plants everywhere. These are fake yeah. right here. But yes. Still green. Uh, yeah. I just feel like plants are so – plants and pets, I feel like, are getting us through it. They're going to get us through it. 
Did you see that there are shelters in Florida and California that are completely empty? No. People are um, adopting all of the babies right now because they're like, well, fuck, I'm home. Might as well. That's amazing. I didn't know that. That makes me very happy. Yeah. Plants and pets. So great. Cactus and air plant. So that's not really the warmest and cuddliest kind of a plant that you can have, but... Um, Go to, um, go to the Ace Hardware on Columbia Road. Number one, yeah. those people are delightful. They're so delightful. I love giving them money. And they're being very responsible about letting so many people in and, and everybody has to wear a mask and everything. Yeah. I think that was one of our recommendation, recommendations a billion years ago was to go to the Ace Hardware. I love Ace Hardware. I love them <laughs> most, mostly. I think I said this already. I love them mostly because they, um, they are known, at least in Washington, D.C., to hire people in early recovery from drugs and alcohol. Oh, I don't remember that part. Yeah, so uh, right. so that's kind of a joke in D.C. that like your therapist or your uh, drug rehab um, a counselor is always going to say, all right, well, just go down to Ace Hardware. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself a job. <laughs> yourself a little job. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you have another um, go ham? Yeah, go ham. Oh, I think the other go ham that I have is actually in direct contradiction to what I said in the last episode, which is <laughs> buying shit on the internet. Great. <laughs> but now I have loosened that, that provision a little bit. And now I've decided that if you want to buy some shit on the internet, we have so few vices left. It's true. Also, I don't know about you, but I'm not spending any money in quarantine. Yeah. All, of, all of my credit cards are paid off. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, I'm like the richest I've ever been. <laughs> and, and I, it's a one income household right now. So Yeah. yeah. Buy yeah. some shit. Yeah. I think that's a trainer. Um, oh, yeah. I got it. It's not great. And I think it's not great because my hair is very thin. Uh, sure. Uh, and I really feel like I need the clamp of a straightener. Sure. To, like, clamp it all down, whereas this is, like, a straightening comb, kind of. I'll take a picture of it and um, post it on our Insta in case anyone okay. at all gives a fuck, which probably the answer is no, but I don't care. Well, after our producer, Nameka, who uh, is from Africa, said that his, he remembers his mom using um, a straightening comb on his sisters, I was like, yeah, perhaps Amy has the wrong type of hair. We're <laughs> <laughs> talking about two different types of hair. I was like, uh, I don't know if Amy's hair and Nameka's sister's hair is the same texture. That's so true. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my last go ham is uh, YouTube rabbit holes. Just go for it right now. Yes. Just get in there. Go all in. Um, Tell me I, what you're rabbit holing because I have a couple. Okay. So my favorite one that I've done in the last 24 hours. So I need to, I, I think I told, uh, I think I said on here that like I'm having lots of moments like, um, uh, like Holly Hunter's um, character from Broadcast News where she just goes in early and just sobs every morning before. <laughs> Like, I just need to get a good cry out at least once a day. Sure. Um, and so my favorite thing is, you've seen the video of, of Miles and his mom brings him a, a baby chihuahua and he, he's so overwhelmed with her beauty that he can't stop crying. No. Uh, it's so perfect. I'll send it to you. Oh my God. I got to have it. So then if you go to YouTube and you search children crying over puppies... <laughs> There are so many videos of children where you hand them a kitten or a puppy and they're so overwhelmed by the cuteness and the beauty. They just start with openly. It is so fantastic. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Yes. Would, would cry again. 
<laughs> would cry again, would absolutely watch this video 100 times. That's amazing. Yeah, okay. it's great. All right. Well, here are my two rabbit holes. Great. One is watching people give tours of their apartments. Oh, great. Yep. I stumbled upon that and I can't get enough. Only um, on board. It's like a before and after of like, this is my tiny, tiny apartment and I paid $27,000 for it in New York City. And here's how I have made it functional for this tiny space. Oh, love. Yeah. Love. Totally love that. That was an Oprah episode of like people who live in tiny spaces and how they do it. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah it's really amazing. Great. So that's one of them. And then the other one, I just lost my train of thought. What is my other one? The rabbit hole girl. Oh, um, the other one is, I don't even know who, I wouldn't tell you the name of the account, even if I could think of it, but it's um, this person who puts together compilations of famous singers. There's two different, two different tracks of this famous singer thing. So one is famous singers who either like, their voice cracks on stage or they fall down on stage or whatever, but it's like a six or seven minute video of just like Beyonce eating it. And then Lady Gaga eating it. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Yes. So one. And then the other, the other rabbit hole I've gone down a couple of times is, um, under the subheading of voice teachers react to famous singers. Yes. That guy, that one guy, his name is like Sam Johnson or John Johnson or something. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Where he's like, okay, so now you can see in this, particular section, Beyonce lifts her head up and opens up her throat so she can hit that note without sounding like she's screeching. That technique is called... It's amazing. <laughs> so that guy is definitely on the spectrum. But For sure. So brilliant. I, one time on a train ride back from New York to DC, I watched every one of his videos for like four hours. It's yeah. fascinating. It's really fascinating. Yeah, like the one was Kelly Clarkson, right? Where you, he just, all the different Kelly Clarksons and Kelly Clarkson's voice is so brilliant. But he's like, yeah. oh, see, she used to be able to hit this note and now she can't because she's gotten older and blah, blah, and now she's trying too hard. But yeah. yeah. He does not kind to Mariah Carey. <laughs> no. <laughs> if we're thinking about the same person, I'm not sure if it is. I'm sure we are. I'm sure we are. Um, I don't think like, I feel like the world has not been kind to, <laughs> to Mariah Carey lately. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Singing. I mean, I follow her on Insta. She's been doing a lot of singing in the bathroom. Um, oh, just that. Brian Tanaka. Just her video. <laughs> her gay boyfriend. That's what Carlos says. Taking <laughs> <laughs> videos of her in the bathroom, which I'm sure, like that 42 second video clip of her singing um, "Fantasy" took at least six and a half hours for them to produce because oh sure, head to toe makeup. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. Um, I want to talk about our sweet Lady Gaga right now. Yeah, speaking of famous singers. Um, so right now, it's happening at this moment. There's the Global Citizen concert happening, One World Together at Home. And um, it's all online, obviously, because we're all quarantined. But I, the thing I love about it is, Lady Gaga, your heart is so big and your emotions are so big. And she, um, she loves us so much and we don't deserve her. And our fucking president was like, uh, we're no longer part of the World Health Organization. We're pulling all funding for the World Health Organization. And literally not even 24 hours later, Lady Gaga's on the live stream from the World Health Organization stream saying, hi, I'm Lady Gaga and I've raised $50 million for the World <laughs> Health Organization. 
it's just so great. So um, what's happening right now is Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish, Jennifer Lopez, Paul McCartney, Elton John, the Rolling Stones, all of these artists are coming together for, um, for this uh, concert. And you can send money uh, because it turns out the World Health Organization is a good thing and our yeah. president is a dipshit. Um, yeah. I just love her so much. Yeah. Because she's, you know that she's just this sensitive little baby this and bunny and she can't yeah. help herself. Yeah. I love yeah, it. She, yeah. She is, um, she is in her feelings. She's in her feelings, you guys. <gasps> she is. But I love that about her because she's in her feelings and she's unapologetic for it. She knows she just sounds like a big old crazy person. Oh, totally. And she doesn't give a fuck. But nope. she's also um, getting shit done. Yes. She's always done that. Talk about using your fame for good, right? Like, yeah, unlike Oprah. Ugh, well, yes, I have some things to say about that. But yes, uh, using, her, using it for good. She's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a very powerful pop star. I, why don't I just take over the world? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good job, Gaga. Love you, love you, love you, Gaga. Yeah. Um, speaking of Oprah, so I have, a, I actually am coming to Oprah's defense with, um, these two fucking dipshits. Yeah. Charlatans. Uh, Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz, and I put doctor in quotes. Actually, Dr. Oz is actually a medical doctor. Um, yeah. Dr. Phil McGraw is a psychologist. He is not a medical doctor. So these two yahoos went on fucking Fox News the other day, and we're talking about how we should op open up the country. And Dr. Oz actually said, well, from the research that I'm hearing, only two to 3% of children will die if we open up the schools. Ugh. What? what? On what earth, Dr. Oz, is it cool for us to just open up the schools so that two to 3% of kids First of all, you know which two to three percent will die. Thank not, you. Not anyone that you have ever met. Not anyone or that listens to or watches Fox News. Right. Or anyone that would remotely touch you or your life because it would all be kids of color and it would all be kids who live in poverty. So yeah. fuck off. It's so horrendous. So I, I hate Dr. Oz. I hate, Do I hate Dr. Oz because of his bullshit diet shit, right? Like he was actually yeah. brought to our city. Um, he had to testify in Congress uh, because he was being sued for um, selling, what was it? It was like green tea pills or some shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, a charlatan, an absolute yeah. charlatan. Um, Dr. Phil is just a like old dip, old white dipshit. Um, but then I'm coming to uh, Oprah's defense because then what happens is everybody's like, Oprah, you know, like, whose, man, whose man's is this? Like, Oprah, come, come oh. get your boys. Whose man's is this? And it's like, we are not blaming the black woman for the sins of these two dipshits. Absolutely. Why is it Oprah? I mean, yes, they were on Oprah's show 20 goddamn years ago. Yeah. But it's so it's such blatant racism and misogyny to totally blame Oprah for Dr. Oz going on. Uh, you think Oprah was like, "Hey, Dr. Oz, I think it's a great idea for you to go to Fox, go on Fox News and then tell us all to open the economy so that more black people die." No, I don't no. think Oprah did that. No, she didn't do that. So uh, I hate Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil can both shut the fuck up and go back under whatever white straight privilege rock they came out from under but also yeah. we are not bringing oprah into this no we're not 
God knows I don't love everything that Oprah stands for lately, but like she is not responsible for the actions of these two white, out of touch, straight, privileged, rich, awful dipshits who think that they know something because they're on TV. They don't. They don't know anything. No, these are not... These are not Dr. Fauci. These are not people who know anything about infectious diseases or, or no. viruses. No. Dr. Oz, does, does he even do surgeries anymore? Probably not. Probably not. He probably just um, goes to his fucking TV show and then goes home to Jersey. Yeah. I'd also like to, um, I, I want to dive into the idea that I see a lot of these false equivalencies happening a lot in the news lately where... Uh, the biggest one is like, well, the flu uh, kills this many people a year and we don't think about the flu. So it's, but you, so like, that's what I mean by a false equivalency. That's not the same thing. You can't say that. No, it's not the same thing. It kills a lot of people, but we have a vaccine for the flu. And so that's why it's okay that we are out. We have uh, a vaccine and we have treatment for the flu. Right. right. So that is why we are allowed to be out in flu season. We don't, we have neither for COVID right now. So that's why we have to be inside because. These are, by separating ourselves, we are limiting the ability for the virus to spread. Right. We have nothing to contain it. So those two things are not the same thing. Also, for a super rich nation, for that many people, you shouldn't be satisfied with that many people dying from the flu either, right? Right. It's not like, oh, (laughs) this is a really great idea. Like, you should be satisfied (laughs) with that. But we should, that's partly because of healthcare. That's partly because of our, like, industrial healthcare conglomerate bullshit. So don't right. be satisfied with that either. <laughs> so the other false equivalency that I keep hearing is, um, and I don't even know if it's a false equivalency, but it, it's the idea that we have to sacrifice a few for the good of the, uh, for the good of the whole. Yeah. I will, let me see if I can talk this all the way through. Okay. So I remember watching the, the Sunday after nine 11. Yeah. I remember watching um, Dick Cheney on meet the press. Ew. Uh-huh. And whoever the Meet the Press guy was, probably that Matthews guy, mm-hmm. said to him, um, if you had known that flight whatever was going to crash into the Pentagon, would you have shot it down in the air? Knowing that like a hundred and something innocent civilians would have died. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. I we would have, the government, we would have not thought twice about it. We would have shot that plane down, knowing that people would have died, but that's sort of the um, the balance, like when you're in war, that's the balance that you, that's the approach you have to take. You have to sacrifice some so that other people, so that like a hundred thousand people don't die because of its thing. Very hard to hear, disgusting to think about. Yeah. But there's part of me that kind of understands that. Mm. There's part of me that is like, okay, I get that. Like you're in a terrible, terrible, terrible situation where there is no right answer. Definitely people are going to die. So what's the, what's the, the right course of action? And the reason why I'm not a politician is number one, I have too much like reality housewives stuff stuck in my brain that prevents me from being able to comprehend these larger arguments. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But also I don't, I, I am not equipped to be able to make those decisions. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be part of that. No, God, that's why we have quote unquote trust in our government that the people that we are electing do have the, exactly. I did so many air buddies just then. Yes. But we do, that the people that we elect are going to be able to to weigh all of the pros and cons of all kinds of arguments and make the right decisions for us. 
COVID is not that kind of situation. We're not in war. We're not at war. And no. these are totally, completely preventable deaths. And yes. no, absolutely no reason that the richest country in the world will not be able to keep our economy afloat by keeping people in quarantine for three to four more months. You cannot convince me of it. I am not no. sitting on the sidewalk under a card table saying, prove me wrong. Like, <laughs> like the, the, the economy will survive this. Prove me wrong. It's true. And it may not be cute for a while and it may be hard for a while, but like we have enough money to, for everyone to be okay. We don't, I mean, that's what we were talking about. This is not the, right now is not the new normal. There will be another new normal. Yeah. You know, my dream, my fantasy is that the new normal will be that we recognize that like humans are more important than fucking money. Yes. Right. And that everybody deserves healthcare and everybody deserves um, a, a, um, some sort of life and some, everybody deserves a home and a roof over their head. And Jeff Bezos, yes. who's made a billion dollars since we started the, recording this podcast five minutes ago, should be buying a house for every fucking homeless person in this fucking country. Right. Like, there is, there, th we know people don't have to die for this. No. And, and we just don't have, have a, like, a, a modicum of, just like a tiny little bit of redistribution of wealth. Yes. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. And I'm not talking like, I think that people don't understand. There was a tweet about it and I wish I could um, conjure it up right now at my, with my mind, but um, that people don't really understand how many, how big of a difference 1 million and 1 billion is. Oh my God. You saw the rice. The, the, Oh, this one was like, Oh, if you um, had a dollar, if you, uh, if $1 equaled one second, a million dollars would be like 11 days. A billion dollars would be 47 years. It's true. Look something like that. Like Google the rice. There's like, there's one that's like the rice. They're like, this equals a hundred dollars. This, right. And then rice fields of all of Japan is a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's like these amount, this amount of money and these, this is like kind of incomprehensible. So it is. Who have that kind of money, their life won't change at all by not having that. So it's no. like if I have a thousand dollars in my checking account right now and I could change people's lives by giving them one dollar, my life will not change if I have nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars versus one thousand dollars. Exactly. My life wouldn't even change if I had nine hundred dollars versus one thousand dollars. Well, and that's why I, Dr. Phil and Dr. close to being ten percent of their wealth. Right. And that's why Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz are such dipshits and because like they're so wealthy, this, they know on some level of their consciousness that they're not dying of COVID. No one they love is dying of COVID. No one For they've ever fact. talked to is dying of COVID, right? So that's why they're like, yeah, let's just open it up. And that's why all yeah. the white rich assholes are like, let's just open up the economy again. Because yeah. what they care about is money. They don't actually care about fucking humans. And no, so black people will die, but whatever. Exactly. Old people and black people will die. So yeah. whatever. I mean, they were going to die anyway. Right. Well, so are you, Dr. Oz. Gross. So is it okay if we just move into my, the fat phobic disaster? Absolutely. Do you have other plans? <laughs> do I have what? I was like, do you have other plans? I don't know why I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay. So literally there's nothing else to talk about in fat phobia other than the bullshit that's happening with COVID and fat phobia. Yeah. Um, so instead of just bitching about it, which I'm so good at and love to do, I would actually yeah. love to give you some uh, responses, like how to respond to the rampant fat phobia 
that's on social media because of, of quarantining and because of COVID. I love this. Please give us all the tools. Yeah. So last time I talked about the fact that at this moment, there is absolutely no conclusive evidence that having a higher BMI, and I hate using that, but that's what, that's what they use. So that's what I have to use in terms of, 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 um, measuring fatness or measuring people's bodies. There is no conclusive evidence that having a higher BMI leads to death or to even ice, uh, more likelihood of going into the ICU if you contract COVID. Yeah. So let's keep that in mind. Okay. Um, more uh, disturbing to me than, well, not more, just as disturbing to me, I guess, is all of the jokes, quote unquote, on social media about how we're all going to be so fat because all we're doing is eating and nobody's working out and haha, it's so funny because we're all going to be fat, haha. So <laughs> it's great. Um, so all of this is absolute and complete horseshit. I currently do not live in a fat body, although I have in my life. But yep. the jokes that are like, um, this is so funny. I am uh, self-deprecating and joking about the fact of, that I am terrified to look like another human. Ah. That, is, <laughs> that is fucked up and that is rude. You don't yeah. get to just post on social media, oh my God, I'm terrified to look like you, you. You, you, yeah. all of these people that live in this moment in these shapes of bodies that you are joking about being yeah. terrified of looking like after this quarantine. Yeah. I want people to like say it to my face. <laughs> God, I want you to say like, oh my God, I'm so terrified of looking like Amy S. Bridges. Uh-huh. Exactly. Do it that way. Like if that makes you put it in, into perspective, please do it that way. And then also right. direct DM that shit to me and I'll have some things to say to you. Right. Come to my house, bitch. Say it to yeah. my face. Yeah. Say it to my face. Also, like, not to interrupt, but I just want to say this other thing. And I understand a lot of that probably is coming from uh, either internalized fat phobia, which is fine. And we're working on that. But also, right. like, fear, you know, fear of the unknown. And so you're sort of channeling it in a way that you don't really understand. Um, and perhaps this is counter uh, to what I said earlier about, like, just we're all doing the best we can. In this situation, I got two words for you. Cope better. Yeah. That's Absolutely. Auto for 2020, even before all this COVID shit started. Like, we're not doing that anymore. We're not projecting our fears onto other people. We're not sabotaging relationships because of shit in our past. 2020 is the year when we cope better. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. And you don't... The other part is, like, you coping and um, you... Uh, hurting somebody are not the same thing. That's not no. actual coping. If right. you're hurting somebody, that's not actual coping. If you're hurting right. yourself, sometimes that's coping. <laughs> but if you're hurting other human beings, that's, uh, that's not, not coping. Yeah. And it's, and the, you know, like I posted a few things that are like, don't do this. This is absolutely fat phobic. This is harmful for people who are in either in recovery from eating disorders or trying to be in recovery from eating disorders. Right now is a terrible time for people who are in recovery or trying to be in recovery. And I got a lot of responses of like, you can't take a joke. You can't take a joke. No, I can't, <laughs> I can't take a joke, yeah. but you're making the situation worse. You're making everything worse for everybody, not just for fat people, for everybody, because you're instilling right. fear, you're instilling phobia, you're instilling hate, you're instilling bias. And we are not, nobody is 
Nobody can be expected to be okay with jokes, quote unquote, that are made at the expense of other humans. Right. I am not, I'm, I will not stand by that. You no. don't have to do that. You don't have to joke about something that's no. at the expense of another human being. Right. Also, because your joke doesn't qualify as a joke. You saying like, oh, I hope I don't turn into an orca. That's, that's <laughs> right. That doesn't meet the standards of any other joke that are out there. So you're joking isn't, that's not a joke. Like say something funny, bitch. Right. That ain't it. That's not funny. So a lot of these, um, some of these are mine and some of these I'm stealing from our friend Reagan Chastain, who's always brilliant, always perfect. Yep. So she says, um, and I agree, you are not obligated to educate people and you aren't <laughs> obligated to keep educating them while they are harming you or others. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, but there are some educational options um, if you see this, and it's all over social media right now. So one of the first educational options um, is uh, just to like leave a little emoji, right? Yeah. Like crying. I've left a lot of barf emojis. <laughs> <laughs> On, uh, I usually leave a barf emoji and then I unfollow if they do any fat phobic bullshit right now. Yeah. Um, you can say things like, this is what I do. As you know, I love to troll fat phobic celebrities. Um, and so a lot of times I say something. Best qualities? I love it so much. This is something that I post something similar to this. This is, these are Reagan Chastain's words. This post is harmful. It's fat phobic and also harmful uh, to people who are trying to deal with eating disorders on top of the rest of the stress that's going on. Um, something similar to, I wish that we could find ways to support each other that aren't fat shaming and triggering for people with eating disorders right now is difficult enough already. Things like that. Again, you are not obligated to educate, um, fat phobic idiots, but you can, if you want to, sometimes fat phobic idiots are people you love and that's unfortunate. Yeah, it happens. It happens. The other thing that I like to do specifically, I usually do this to celebrities because they should know better. Um, not, they actually shouldn't, but in my mind they should. Yeah. Um, just like a pointed response, honestly, fat shaming, food shaming, like this is really hurtful. I wish people wouldn't do this. Yeah. Uh, you may not be thinking about it, but things like this are really hurtful. I know that everyone is trying to deal with stress right now, but it would be great if you could find a way to deal with your stress that's not fat phobic. Yeah. That, that doesn't harm people of certain body shapes. Um, and then, uh, and then just some full on snark. I love a snark. We love some snark. Um, these are Reagan Chastain's words. You know what sucks? Being in the middle of a deadly pandemic and learning that your biggest worry is that you might end up looking like me. Absolutely. Snaps. Snaps for that one. Um, just good old fuck this fat shaming bullshit. <laughs> I love that. The last one that she recommends is, I hope everyone who is reading this is doing as well as possible, and I hope that you don't come across too much fat-shaming bullshit as you deal with everything that's happening right now, mostly a global pandemic. <laughs> and I just like to say that, you know, some of my responses have also been like, if you, if you survive a global pandemic, then your body is doing what it needs to do, right? Yeah. The shape of your body is so irrelevant. Whether or not you die of COVID is actually relevant. Yeah. The fact that that's what so much of, of social media is focusing on shows that it is not about health. Because right. health is, I don't die of COVID. Right. Health is not how much adipose tissue is on my body or how much I weigh or what my fucking BMI is. Yeah. So it's it's while I hate it so much, it's also such a glaring example of the fact that none of this 
weight bullshit has ever been about health. Because if that's what we're talking about in the middle of a global pandemic, then we never gave a shit about health. It's never been about health. No, but we knew that already. We knew that already. Into this podcast. Exactly. So thank you, Reagan. Gross. Gross. Um, that was very well said. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank um, you. I have this person that I've been, uh, not even remotely a friend, but I've, <laughs> that I have been exposed to because of these fucking zooms, you guys. So much zooming. So, so much. Zooms. And this person said a few, well, one in particular, ragingly fat phobic thing. Oh God. Uh, yeah. In a zoom. And I was not about it, but it totally took me off guard. Cause I, I mean, like when people are like very hateful to your face, like sometimes you're like, what, uh, what, 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 what? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I don't, don't actually think that's going to happen. I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of other people, black and brown people who have experienced that a lot more than I have with my, um, my thing that marginalizes me, but, um, right. Yeah. But anytime you hear somebody just be outwardly hateful for you, it's like, it can, it can, or it, for me, it has taken me, took me off guard. Well, uh, and you and I have done a, I feel like, you know, even before this podcast and since this podcast, like I don't have any fat phobic friends so that right. when somebody IRL says something fat phobic, I'm like, what is happening? Excuse you. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Um, but I've already decided that when it happens again, and again, I'm going to limit my exposure because I just don't. Great. I don't care about this person, but. Um, Great. Uh, but I have friends that care about this person. Oh, okay. Or like, you know, I don't want to be like, I don't want to just, I'm not, I'm not going to diss her on the internet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, it will surprise no one that she does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so shocking. I know. Um, but I'm going to come at her with a, hey, these fat jokes are really starting to piss me off. Great. Because I think that as shocking as it is, as it is when people are outwardly hateful, they don't understand. We know this for a fact. People don't understand anger right back into their face like that. They don't. But it's, isn't it also so shocking when, like, it's, it's just shocking that somebody can make, a, like, a fat phobic joke and you're like, I'm right here, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. What, what is happening in your mind? Like, what? Yeah. It's like when somebody you do not, you do not You do not see me on the Zoom call. <laughs> that being in real life, you have. You right. don't. You know what my body looks like. It's so, it's, I mean, that just shows how, I mean, it shows how insidious fat phobia is, Yeah. right? That it's like, oh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say a fat phobic thing about my body. So it probably doesn't pertain to you. Oh no, it pertains to everybody. Guess what? It do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for that. Sure. Um, Let's move into some fucked up shit that black and brown people have had to deal with this week. So much. So much of it. Immeasurable. When I joined this podcast planning episode an hour and a half ago, I thought that we were just going to repeat last week's episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I was going to talk about how um, disproportionately uh, death rates of black and brown people are than uh, white people um, in COVID. So since I can't talk about that, I'm going to talk about what is happening right now. Uh, but this is going to be a little bit of a shorter segment than normal. That's fine. Not it, as it's not as meaty as um, the death rate situation, but it's still very important. Absolutely. So, in all major cities and 
most everywhere else. Although my parents live in Arkansas, it's not a thing there. Although I've made it be a thing for my dad. Good. Because he's goddamn 76 years old. Right. I don't want you leaving the house without a mask on. Totally. Totally. Um, But yeah, in all major cities, it is now um, a mandate by the government that if you're out, uh, you need to be having a mask on. Or if you're out and within six feet of someone, you need to have a mask on. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and many stores that are essential businesses won't let you in unless you have a mask on, including grocery stores. Yep. Oh. And Popeye's, Carlo found out yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Did he not have a mask? And then we- No, he had a mask, but then there were, some, there were some assholes who didn't have a mask. And so Carlo had to say, put on your fucking mask. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I would like to interrupt myself to say this. I was at the Safeway, which is across the street from the Popeyes, which is what made me think of that. Yeah. I had like six things in my cart, my cart, my little basket, my buggy. Your and buggy. I'm waiting here and there's probably 10 people in line. We're all the way down like to the, to the cottage cheese. Sure. And uh, this guy comes up and he's like, I only have one thing. Is it cool if I just step in? No. <laughs> the guy in front of me was like, well, I have three things. Um, is it cool if I step in front of you? And the guy was like, didn't know what to say to him. I was like, no, honey, you got to go to the back. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. No. I don't get it. Also, stand far away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you're not in, you're within six feet of me and I don't want it. And you also have like, whatever, I'm not going to shame him for what he had in his cart, but I was like, that's not emergency. You need to go get some toilet paper. And then that's the only reason you should be in the store right now. <laughs> Oh, I think the vodka's kicking in, y'all. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway, so you have to have a mask on if you're going to the grocery store, if you're going anywhere in public. And what is a very real fear and is not made up and is absolutely horrifying is that people of color, especially black men, are being targeted. Yeah. Normally are, but even extra so because there is this ingrained fear in people that black men are scary, but yep. black men with a mask on is even more terrifying. Of course. And it's horrible. Yeah. Not of course that we should all be scared of them, but of course these poor men of color who are just trying to not get a deadly virus. Yeah. 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 Um, I will say this, and this is not, um, this is not, I'm not proud of this. Um, and this goes way beyond people of color. This goes, this is me being scared of men. Yeah. A little bit have legitimate reason to be scared of men. <laughs> yeah. Certain situations. But I feel like any man with a mask on is not a, it's not a great sight for me. I don't love seeing that. And well, I, yeah. I agree. The, the, well, I just feel like the masks has added another level of like post-apocalyptic feeling and inability to like see if somebody's smart. It just adds a whole nother level of scary in general. But yes, I agree specifically when it's not like you said earlier, like it's not like a medical mask or it's not a mask that somebody made on Etsy. It's like just a bandana. Like I don't, I don't like, I don't like that. Yeah. It makes me a little uncomfortable. Totally. And um, I'm sure that there is some internalized racism that I have that I, you know, and I spend a lot of time doing this and I'm very self-aware of my feelings and stuff, but um, you know, we all have it. We're not, I'm not immune to that just because I, of course, podcast where I talked about fucked up shit that black people have had to deal with. Obviously I have that stuff in me too. Sure. Somewhere, but 
Um, I would like to think that it is more broadly associated with men instead of just people of color, but um, but especially the bandana thing is that this weird, scary thing where not only do I not like it, but I also like it kind of makes me laugh because they look like cowboys in a way. Like I feel like oh, it's so John Wayne like movie, a, like a gun, like a it's gonna be like a gunfight with like a sure silver pistol with like one of them rotating barrels and stuff. Like oh sure. <laughs> It's so bonanza. It's so weird. <laughs> it's very odd. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, the 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 uh, the links that that people of color have had to go to in order to not be perceived as criminals during this time is right. really terrifying. Um, <laughs> so one person is, uh, has said the CDC coming to you and saying, "Put a bandana over your face, walk out, and that will make you more safe." As a black man in New York City, it's like then saying. Put on a hoodie and walk behind a white grandma. <laughs> totally. That's not how life works for us. That's like, not funny, but it's funny. Walking across the street when I'm just walking down the street wearing my Warby Parker glasses. Right. And, and uh, so I, he, this is, person describes himself as white comfortable. Mm. Uh, and then even, but he says, even then I'm thinking about, am I wearing all white or all, all red or am I wearing all blue? Like totally dang colors. It's absurd. Yeah. So also another quote is, if you're a person of color, you can't just wear a mask. You have to be conscious of wearing a mask in a way that it will be disarming, even comforting for some of the people that you share social spaces with. Right. And I'm sure that those are concerns that most of our white peers do not have to think about. Absolutely. So true. I don't think about that. When I put on my mask, I'm just walking out into the street. Right. Well, I'm a- I get myself some um, wine from Safeway. Right. I'm a mid forties white lady. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm very disarming. I'm very, um, <laughs> yeah. The older I get, the more comfortable I make people because they just see me like as like an old, <laughs> old grandma kind of person. Oh God. There's nothing threatening about me. I think that there is something that we can learn about this, about humanity and all of this. And again, I can't, I want to like say, fuck you all racists, but I do understand that they're like, we're not, we're not coping with our right minds right now. So get that, again, this ingrained fat phobia is coming to the surface. It's bubbling up. Some of this ingrained and this this unconscious or subconscious bias that we have is is bubbling up. And I I understand that. I don't approve of it. I don't love it. But I understand that that's what a natural reaction to being under this amount of stress is. Right. Um, but awareness is the first is the key, right? You become yeah. aware of the fact that, like, oh wow, um, I have been watching television since the seventies, and so a um, man of color with a bandana around his face um, elicits feelings in me because of sure. media portrayals of the bad yeah. guy, and yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but I think that there is an opportunity for us to be more empathetic, and the more we talk yes. about this kind of stuff, the more we have like the, I don't know, we're in a space where we can understand um, how this is all affecting us in different ways. Yeah. I wish that that happened um, more. And so that's why I wanted to bring it up today because I think it's a really good opportunity for us to just be like, oh, this is a thing that is ugly for me to feel, but let me remind myself why I feel that. It's not because I'm a terrible person. It's because this is how I've been. Right. And so now that I acknowledge this, then I can start to chip away at it a little bit. Right. This is a not cute part of my consciousness that I would like to remedy. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if I have I told the story about how I um, racially profiled when I got into a car accident once. I don't know. Remember that story? This is years and years and years and years ago. Um, I was driving on a, like a highway here in DC, and it was one of those things where like someone saw a stick on the side of the road, and then they decided to brake real hard. Oh shit! And so then there was like a pileup. I was able to stop before I hit the person in front of me, but I looked in my rearview mirror and I was like, "Oh, here! Oh, this is! Oh, it's coming! Yep, I'm gonna get hit!" And there I go. I got here. Mm-hmm. I got rid of it. Mm-hmm. So I pulled off onto the side of the road, and the guys, the men who were in the car behind me, stopped also, and they um, were pretty like 20 feet away. And they get out of their car, and my in- initial instinct was, "Okay, so these are all black men." They're wearing like huge puffy coats. They got like baggy, clo- baggy pants around there. You know, like they got baggy pants. They, you know, this is the stereotype of who these guys are, right? Right. And so in retrospect, I think to myself, like, I am definitely being hard on myself because I was just in a traumatic car accident. Mm-hmm. I'm side of the road with men walking towards me. Uh-huh. This is not a safe situation for anybody. So like, maybe I don't need to put all of those emotions into like how I feel like I racially profiled them. But there was definitely an element of that, without a doubt. And I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'm saying it anyway. Anyway, these guys walked up, and as they get closer to me, this guy goes, oh, my God, ma'am, are you okay? I am so sorry. This is, like, only the third time that I've driven this car, and my mom is going to be so mad at me. And that's, of course, what I did. I was like, oh, honey, it is fine. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Poor kid. But I definitely felt horrible about myself. Yeah. This was like 20 years ago because I was like, oh, I just racially profiled these guys. So I've had to really do a lot of thinking about that. And again, letting myself off the hook because it, a, a, it was a real shitty situation that was, you know, didn't bring out the best in anyone. But, um, right, but, but, this is- but that was an opportunity for me to check myself. And I think that this is also an opportunity for all of us to just check yes. ourselves and the, these biases that are popping up that we don't, don't like to talk about at cocktail parties. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of what's happening right now is, is um, there's a lack of um, most of the things that we do to distract ourselves. And so uh, there are a lot of moments of reflection happening that maybe you didn't sign up for yeah. <laughs> and totally. maybe you didn't want to be doing, um, but that's what we're doing y'all. So yeah. Yeah. As I keep hearing all the time, we out here. It's true, <laughs> right? None of us know what the fuck we're doing. Yes. We're all out here. We're just doing it. Um, do we have some recommendations? Yeah, we do. I have a couple of them. Please. Um, I just want to give one little quick piece of advice, and we won't, I won't spend too much time on it because we've already alluded to it a couple of times. But this is – I want people to remember this is not the new normal. I don't want, yeah. I want, us, to, I want us to cope well during this situation, but I don't, I don't think we need to – resign ourselves to the, this is the way of our life from now on. And so therefore I have to get perfect at living this way. I want you to be living like in quarantine. Yeah. Uh, I don't want you to, I don't want you to get too comfortable living here. Like I want you to do the best you can to get through it, but I don't want you to think like this is the new normal and this is the way the rest of my life is going to be. I think that it's okay to keep reminding yourselves that this is just temporary. Yeah. Get out. We're going to have a new permanent normal. This is not a new permanent normal. We're just in this, right. we're still in the temporary. It feels like a long time. We're not even close to being halfway through it. Yeah. 
but this isn't, this isn't how, like, my life isn't going to be sitting in this apartment with, like, a bag of groceries by the, up in a bag of trash by the door. <laughs> I hope not. You're right. <laughs> I, I, I hear that. I also hear in that the, um, and we talked about this a little bit last time about, the, like, the obsession with, like, doing this perfectly or, yes. you know, the, the product, productivity contest of, like, you know, if Gwyneth Paltrow says you should learn Japanese or whatever. Um, yeah, fuck you. Fuck off. You don't have to do any of that right now. You just, no. you, um, you know, it, the, the thing about it is, yes, two things are true at the same time, right? And that's usually what the truth is, is, is that it is a paradox. So you, yeah. you are going to cope the best you can, but also inherent in this quiet time is that you are going to grow and that you are going to look in your consciousness and you are going to see things about yourself you don't love um, because it's really quiet and we're getting really yeah. quiet. Um, and we're slowing down and we're, we don't have the things that we, we're all, um, addicted to distraction. Yeah. Um, and so we don't have a lot of those right now. So yeah. yes, if you, getting through this, the best you can is absolutely all you need to be doing and surviving fucking COVID is all you need to be doing. Um, yeah. and also what's going to happen is that you're going to grow a lot too, like, um, kind of yeah. behind your back. Yeah. It reminds me of what you said. I don't know when we first started talking about this in like maybe January, February. Um, that, uh, shit, I just completely lost my train. <laughs> it must've really touched you. No, it really did. It's okay. Totally okay. Oh, I remember you said, doesn't it kind of make sense though? Like, don't you think that us collectively as a people and as a world just need a break from all this right now? Yes. And I think about that a lot, except for five seconds ago when I couldn't think about it. <laughs> No, but it's true. There's something about it that feels like uh, we, like specifically Mother Nature, Mother God is like, yes. y'all need to slow the fuck down. What the right. fuck are you doing? Yeah. Think about and what the, you're and doing. And the, the earth is recovering in ways that we yeah. anticipated. So it feel little, little Greta Thunberg is over there. Oh, little Greta. It's just sitting on her bed going, I hope these motherfuckers remember. Exactly. The trash in the earth when this is done. We're all in timeout. Mother God is like, y'all in timeout. Sit down. Sit down. Think about what you've done. Do not ask me how much time you have left in timeout because I will just keep on extending the time. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so that was my piece. So I love that. Figures? Love it. Okay, so recommendations. Um, my recommendation, I know last time we talked, I recommended um, Ryan Heffington's um, Instagram dance party. <laughs> and now... I'm uh, rec shockingly, I'm recommending another gay man's um, Instagram dance party. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 Paula, we did that one last time. She's like, no, no. new one. I'm like, okay, so just two weeks in a row, we're going to recommend some gay guy's dance party? Cool. Um, Instagram Live, um, it's Mark Kanamura. Uh, I actually met him at DragCon. He's adorable. And also, our producer, Nameka, is obsessed with him. No way. Because you know, uh, Nameka loves a gaysian. Um, um, who is that? Is he famous in a way that I should know? He was, so he was in the, um, uh, Beyonce Lady Gaga video for Videophone. Um, and he was, he's been a... Surprisingly, I don't have all those actors memorized. Well, that's weird in and of itself. Um, <laughs> he's also been a backup dancer for, um, Carly Rae Jepsen. He's so precious, so adorable. Okay. And so he does Instagram live dance parties, um, four or five times a week, not every day, but they are so delicious and he's so loving and very similar to Ryan Heffington. It's just like pure, unadulterated love and joy. Oh, that's great. Okay. 
I haven't, um, I've not checked out either of those, but I will do it. It's, uh, yeah, Mark Kenimura. His Instagram is M, I think it's M K I K. And if you just do that, he will pop up because nobody else has that. Okay. Precious. Okay. Um, speaking of precious, mm-hmm. I recommend that you put on repeat or watch on repeat when you're going down your um, YouTube spiral. Uh-huh. Take a break and watch um, Sam Smith and Demi Lovato's new video for their song, I'm Ready. Love. <gasps> Love. So good. I'm obsessed with both of them. Um, like I said earlier when we were talking about it, I love both of them living their lives in their um, not super slim Hollywood bodies. Yep. And you know what I was thinking about when I was watching it um, for the like 17th time? Yeah. This is such a gorgeous, beautiful, insanely um, inspiring example of what happens when people stop trying to change the shape of their bodies and just live their life to the fullest and just be the most incredible artist creator yeah. that they can be, right? Yeah. Because trying to make your body the shape that it doesn't want to be soaks up so much of your energy. And, and your so- creativity and your talent yes. you're here for. Yes. And so when you accept that, like, this is the shape your body wants to be, and then you, like, fucking move it like that, it is sexy as fuck. It is. Yes. It's very, 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 very sexy. Both of them. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So hot. So hot. It is a jam, too. It's a good song. It is a bop. It's good. Um, And I want to recommend Julia Cameron, who is a goddess among us. Um, who wrote The Artist's Way, and this is one of the reasons why Amy and I fell madly in love. Yeah, it is uh, the reason, I think. 27 years ago. Um, <laughs> so long ago. Is because Amy did my Artist's Way uh, uh, group that I facilitate, that I've been facilitating for literally 20 years, which is so shocking. Um, she was, she's on Russell Brand's podcast, Under the Skin, that I've um, recommended before. I really love his podcast. He's He's such a uh, egotistical dipshit, but he knows it, <laughs> and he like calls himself oh, out. Oh, great way to great, great way to describe that. Yeah, right. He's like such. Uh, yeah, he's such an. Yeah, he's such a dipshit and such a jerk, but he like knows it, and he's working on himself, and he's also so humble about yeah. the fact that he's literally addicted to everything. Yeah. Um, and he's so, I love, I think I've said before on here that he's so open about his um, 12-step program and about that he owes the 12 steps everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she hasn't been interviewed for a long time. And so it's really beautiful uh, to listen to her talk about the tools of Artist Way and to talk about her own creative process. Um, how did he find her? Like, how did that happen? Well, he's done the, he did the Artist Way like 10 years ago. Um, oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so they, to hear her again, like anytime I can hear her talk about the morning pages and artist dates and all of the things, yeah. it's just so delicious. That's great. Yeah. Love her. Love her. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to end with a recommendation that is, um, the opposite of Julia Cameron. <laughs> okay. Which is if you need a comfortable pair of joggers, look no further than the breathe O-N, breathe on breathe old navy joggers they are amazing that's what they're called breathe on breathe on okay yeah but the the on is in all caps because it's not only breathe on but it's also breathe old navy or maybe it's just supposed to be breathe old navy i don't know but it's breathe o n breathe on okay 
Unfortunately, they're all sold out in the plus sizes, but you skinny hoes oh. oh. can still get them. And they're so comfortable. It's the closest you can be to not wearing pants, but still have pants on. I think all of this time in quarantine begs the question, why were we wearing uncomfortable pants? I will never do it again. <laughs> there are so many times throughout my work day where I'm like, God, I just want to take these pants off. Or like, I can't wait to get home so I can take these, take these pants off. I'm not doing that ever again. Yeah. Why were we doing that in the first place? I think a lot of our professional work environments will change after this. Oh, well, yeah. Realizing that we can work we from home. Be, yeah. We can work from home. We don't have to be uncomfortable clothes. We can still be professional and respectable and care about ourselves and our colleagues without having to go through a lot of the pretense that we've been doing before. So. Right. In comfortable pants with our cat on our lap. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have been, um, wearing the same yoga pants for four weeks now. Mm -hmm. I feel great about it. Yeah. I also got just a pair of like throwaway old Navy leggings that are like $11. They're so comfortable. Great. Great. Everybody wear comfortable pants. The piece begins with comfortable pants. <laughs> <laughs> Completely agree. Um, all right, hungry babies. I think that's all we got. That's it. Everybody stay healthy, stay sane, stay safe, and the, uh, most importantly, stay, stay kind to yourself. Yes. Yes. Spend yeah. That one. Kind, gentle, be, please, please, please be so insanely, unreasonably gentle with yourself right now. If you are um, surviving, then, then that's- you're doing it. Then you're doing it. We out here. That's what's happening. <laughs> love it. I love you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.